This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome back to the Oak Road Hatter podcast and what a time it is to be a hatter right now. Of course, Rob Edwards cast a spell on his former employers the other day, running out as two new winners thanks to Gabo Show and Alan Campbell, sending Watford fans back to Hogwarts of course. References there to the buses that Watford fans travel to and from the game. There was not much to shout about from a Watford perspective and what a day it was for us Luton Town fans here to look back through the game and to preview Friday's clash with Millwall and uh, Monday's clash with Blackpool. I, Billy Mully, am joined by Dylan Bundia and Jamie Castle. Dylan, first of all, how are you getting on? Absolutely brilliant, mate. Buzzing. Absolutely buzzing from the weekend. I think as every hatter is, just still bouncing. Um but yeah, absolutely, absolutely buzzing, mate. And then onwards and upwards. And Jamie, I caught up with you at 10 o'clock on, on Saturday morning. You demolished a breakfast. You were smiling away. A few beers. Yeah. And then we produced a performance like that. What what a day. Yeah, crazy. Um, sort of what dreams are made of, really. Just saying to you off camera in terms of it, it, normally Luton, I'm picturing in a good mood or a bad mood sort of for the rest of the week. But this week's has been something else. So it, I, I think if if anyone's got something to tell me in terms of bad news, this week's the way to tell me because it would it would take a lot to piss me off. Um, and yeah, I enjoyed your, your Harry Potter reference, and I'll just say that the, the hat that said Expelliarmus to Watford. Eh? <laughs> yeah, I think we we all saw the tweets of the the images coming through. That just added to the excitement and just the the sheer occasion of it all. It was. Strange to say the least, but brilliant for fans. It created, if if Kenworth Road need, need more of an incentive to direct um, 
to direct. That was it, just the cherry on top of just an absolutely wonderful day, wasn't it? Really, it's just that that whole situation just unreal. <laughs> yep, still got me laughing now. And um, we'll go on to the game itself, and and I guess the occasion in itself. Where does Saturday rank amongst the best experiences of Kenilworth Road, Jamie? I think you've got us in number one, really. Um, I think, obviously, the occasion, my first derby in terms of for home derby. Um, and then the atmosphere at the Kenny was just electric, like not heard anything like it. Obviously, we talk about nights like you sort of your, your Luton 3, Portsmouth 2 sort of sort of occasions where the atmosphere was like really, really good. But that was just different level at the weekend. Um and then I've come away with a win and just everything that went into the day is, I think, yeah, I think it, 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 it's it got to be number one. I think for, for there to be a game that you sort of suggest as like an alternative to, to sort of be that, that number one, it's got to be a, a big shout because, um, yeah, the weekend was, was special. But of course, Watford are the real winners because they've won 4-2 in aggregate. <laughs> Just clutching at straws, just like insert that that meme where was it was it like a Simpsons meme when it gets like clutching at straws? Just honestly, <laughs> that that just makes it even more sweet, sweet, doesn't it? I mean, I remember walking away from Vicarage Road that well, just being there, and you know we're four 0 down or whatever, and you know the whole Watford, all the Watford fans are singing, you know, loot and get battered everywhere they go, and you just sat there thinking, bloody hell, like this is this is long, um, and this is tough. So then I almost feel like that that experience just made the weekend even better mm. um, and even mm. more sweeter because we knew on that day we didn't turn up and we weren't ourselves. Um, and yeah, it, it just it just added an extra layer to something where like there were probably better moments <clears throat> in the last few years, like Naismith's goal against Bournemouth or, or whatever, where in that individual moment, because it was a, a last minute goal or whatever, you know, that just felt a bit different, but I would say in terms of an occasion and a day, and a, and, a, and a feeling and an overall feeling. I mean, wow, like that was incredible. And when Campbell's goal went in, I mean, bloody hell, that was that was insane. So, um, so yeah, I think there's some good moments that we've had, but as an occasion, there's nothing better. Um, and my first home derby as well, um, like you guys. So, you know, um, yeah, massive, massive. And I think if you could have created, formulated that day, you got to pick each individual component you just would have picked what happened, you know, Gabe Osho redeeming himself, um, Alan Campbell scoring in, in sort of stoppage time, a player that, that's slightly been on the fringe of things under under Rob Edwards, but but played a, a monumental part, like everybody did. Tactically, we, we were far superior to a man. You, you look at every individual battle on the pitch, we, we won them. Um, you add in the, the Rob Edwards narrative as well and, and, it was just brilliant. It was just a, a brilliant occasion that gives us that momentum again. We, we didn't really know how the international break would, would impact us, but but starting everything off on, on that front foot on a high once again, it, it just gives us that momentum going into this Millwall game, momentum going into to some difficult games before, before the season comes to an end. But yeah, fantastic. And it, it's difficult to pull out individual performances because as a collective fantastic but again 
for the sake of speaking about it, we got to speak about marvellous Nakamba, the impact he's had, um, completely nullifying the threat that, that any of the midfield had, especially João Pedro when, when he was in close proximity. Marvellous Nakamba, if we go up, if we don't go up, please get him on a permanent contract. Absolutely. Um, I mean, if you look at over the years, especially since we've been in, been, been in this league, we've had some really good loan signings. Obviously, started Ricardo Vickers sort of in that first year, and Juice Hall and 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 now Nakamba, and he's certainly up there, if not number one, in terms of the impact he's had. I mean, I think obviously Juice Hall had the impact of of a full season and had had a chance to get up to speed. Um, but the way sort of Nakamba's just slotted in and taken almost no time at all just to get in into the rhythm of, of our team, the way we do things. Um, and just for me, I think what summarised him at the weekend was, I think, second half, sort of in the 70th minute, he tried to play, to, to play like a free ball to Carlton. Morris was a bit short. They won it back. They tried to counter and he just trapped back, won back and then won the free kick in, inside their half. And that was just, that whole phase of play was like, he just—he just—he just shows that he can just read the game so well mentally on it, and he—he's not the best on the ball. I mean, and he's—he's he's not in there to be the best on the ball, but if he loses it, he—he he just fights it and works his socks off to win it back, and he just, yeah, not only not only at the weekend, but since he's come in, he's, he's been fantastic. And Dylan, that that word of redemption's been thrown about with, with Gabo's show. Um, a top top performance, I think. Things have been leading up to, to that kind of level of performance because he has been brilliant. Um, you know, since that that sort of run of games where we, we struggled with a few mistakes, but ultimately performances have, have been very good of late, and, and that probably was his best one in the Luton shirt so far. Would would you go along with that? Yeah, he's been outstanding. He was he was outstanding on Saturday, but he's he's been outstanding for for a while now, and I think. He, he, he's just an all-rounder at the minute. You know, he's given us, obviously, out of possession um, defensively. His recoveries are fantastic. Like, the way he, he covers ground and, and the job he did on, that maybe went a bit under the radar that he did on on Jao Pedro was outstanding. Um, what, what we did wrong, one of the things, many things we did wrong when we went away was we let when we, when we lost the ball, we let Jao Pedro run free and, and that caused us so many problems. So every time we had the ball, Osho was just locking onto him. Even when we had it, he was just getting tight and just saying, right, if the ball pops out, I'm on you. And he, and the number of times that him and Bell um, were able to just lock onto him early and make sure he didn't get get any kind of momentum or steam um, and, or beat a player and, and just nullified him there. And, and that was huge. Um, so, yeah, he's been absolutely amazing, I think, like in possession as well, carrying the ball forwards, finding breaking lines, finding forward passes. Um and he's really matured. And, and again, we signed him for free from Reading, which is absolutely crazy to think, given that Reading have now, I think, dropped into the relegation zone with, or there might be, no, I think the two points above the relegation zone or something. Um, absolutely crazy. Um, so, yeah, look, he's been absolutely outstanding. It's been great to see. But the job he did on Saturday, on, on Jao Pedro especially, to just lock him in to his own half and make sure he didn't get free was it's so important because, yeah, Jao Pedro wasn't particularly effective on Saturday when he did beat a player. He didn't do anything with it, but you know, he's he's a there's a reason why some of the best clubs in Europe are after him. So yeah, big up Gabe Osho, been absolutely outstanding, and 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 it's really nice to see um, and a real success in terms of our recruitment. And another success within the recruitment department, Cody Drama, um, like Nakamba came in at January. 
Um, he's done a steady job, I think, leading up to this game. But, but I don't know what you boys think. I tweeted about it after the game. I thought it was his best performance so far, I think, in terms of what he gave us in possession, uh, the job he did against Ken Semmer. Um, I think he was more progressive and a bit braver in possession than I've seen him so far. I'm a big Cody Drummer fan, but I think the fact that Doughty has taken his performances to a new level was sort of, you know, seeing him in, in kind of second place, if that makes sense. But I think this was the the first performance I've seen of him where I thought, wow, he is he is very, very good. Um, and I think that might be a little bit harsh. Um, I'm not saying he hasn't been been good at all. I think he has done a steady, steady job. Um, uh, but I think Saturday, he, he was just fantastic. Yeah, I agree. And, and I get where you're coming from. I think I said on a previous pod that he's just, he, t- he, he took a while to get up to speed. And I mean, like, like I was saying, the Canberra, sort of slotted in and, and sort of was up to speed straight away. His drama took a, a few more games. But I think it was that spell where sort of away at Sheffield United and owned Bristol City where he really started to come to the fore and he started to show what he could do. And since then, he's just got gone on to another level. And yeah, I agree. At the weekend, he was fantastic. Um, and I think we mentioned last week how important the, the wing backs were. Obviously, the midfield was super important, but but also the wing backs. Sort of, it, it it was a, a, a match of shape at the weekend. So all over the park, it was sort of one to one. So it was important that they they were against Semarin and Gakia. And he got caught out a little bit against Semarin in the first half down down uh, in that little corner by the clock. But other than that, I thought, yeah, for, for the rest of the 90 minutes, he was superb. And he definitely had more going forward to the game in terms of carrying the ball and dribbling compared, compared to Bree. I think, obviously, Bree on the ball in terms of his, his sort of passing and stuff is is he's probably better. Having said that, the assist for, for Morris against Bristol City was was out this world as well in terms of it was sort of on that half volley that, that sort of crossed it to, to, to Morris um, for, for that win there. But no, I think... Again, so certainly, certainly someone to, to to look at bringing in, hopefully, Perley or again next year if we're in the Prem. Um, because again, what, what, what is he, 20, 21? Yeah, 21. So to have Doughty 22 on the left and Drama 21 on the right is, um, yeah, they're, they're both going to be Premier League wing backs in, in a year or two for sure. And the last player to, to pluck out here, um, I think Adebayo was un- unplayable at times. Um, on Saturday, I haven't had the luxury to watch the game back. Um, I'm, I'm not too sure if you two, I think Jamie, you have watched the game back, yeah. But add a bio for me after a few pints it, it, again. I want to say it was the best I've seen him, but I think I was just in that kind of frame of mind where everything was, was perfect, everything was 10 out of 10. But he, he won the majority of his battles, he was very, very intelligent in, in his movement. He gave that Watford backline a lot of difficulty. Yeah, Colton Morris as well, very good. But but for me, Adebayo took his game to, to a new level. Yeah, he was brilliant. Um, and I think kind of him and Morris and, and what they did, especially in that first half, kind of summed up everything that we we're about in terms of Watford. Just get, we kept winning the ball off Watford and then we've got Elijah Adebayo, absolute monster, can run in behind, can drop to feet. We can play long, we can play in behind, we can do whatever we want with Elijah Adebayo. And it just gave us so much because they just kept giving the ball away. And when you've got those two in, in a front two, the, the threat in transition is unbelievable. Um, and that was kind of everything that we did so well in that first half, especially was they just gave us so much of an out ball. Uh, technically, they gave us so much. They're just two players who are just so all round. And yeah, Elijah was, was fantastic, I thought, in everything he did. 
and it's so good to see. And it's just that that final bit of quality now from him. That chance in the second half, I think it was, where it just came across goal. The difference between Elijah Adebayo and a Premier League centre forward is Premier League centre forward kills that dead and smashes it. And that, that's just all he's got to do. And it's such a such a small fix. And he's so young. He's got so much time to do it. And he will do it because he's got he's improved so much over the last couple of years. He'll keep he'll keep improving uh, if he can just do that. He's a Premier League player, um, absolutely no doubt about it. So, yeah, amongst a few other things as well. But like you know, I think that's that's the main thing. And and yeah, what a performance! And it's just so good to see because we signed him from Walsall for thirty k or I don't know how much exactly it was, um, absolutely nothing. So. To see now him leading the line against Watford, so many, how many years later? What two years now? Is it three years or two years he's been here? Um, yeah, about two and a half. Yeah, two two and a half, two years, two and a half yeah, years. It was like, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So from the player that scored the winner against Sheffield Wednesday that day at the back post, mm. towering over, how much has he he's added to his game to then lead the line against Watford and is it's phenomenal and it's brilliant to see. So um, yeah, he I thought he was outstanding, Billy. I agree with you. Uh, I, and I, I think for me, just to add to that, I think it, it shows the standards that both him and Morris have set. Like, I mean, from, from, for me, that was a fairly normal performance. It wasn't a, a bar of average performance for those two. It was just a fairly, what, what you come to expect performance. And like like Dylan said, to have signed Adebayo for, it's probably 100, 200 grand from Walsall in a January window. And then Morris, obviously for a bit more than 2 million, but from, from League One Barnsley, to have them two just bossing some of the best defences in this league. Obviously, Watford aren't one of the best defences in the league, but they have done it to, to other defences in this league. Just, again, shout out to, to, to that team of scouts and sort of recruitment individuals in, the, in that team that just do a, a great job. Then I mentioned at the top of the show the, the notion of momentum, how this sort of two-week break could have, could have slowed us down. But we've now got seven games still to play. We've got some big games coming up. We've got Blackburn still to play. Of course, we've got Millwall coming up. Middlesbrough sneaking in there as well. It's some difficult games. And you had the possibility of being in the playoffs. Just how much confidence does a win against, you know, Watford are a good side. They're a, they're a top side in this division still. How much confidence does a win and a performance like that give you going into potentially the playoffs and these these three massive games we've got against teams that want to be in the Premier League themselves? Well, I think it's just all about handling the handling the occasion and, and evidencing that. And I think if you if you do what we've done, which is go into a really big game where yeah, there was pressure and it was not necessarily a negative pressure, but pressure from the fans to win the game, pressure from a little bit of the dynamics around Rob Edwards and he didn't make a big deal about it for himself, but obviously that's still at play. So there's a personal element as well. Uh, obviously the pressure of, of a 4-0 defeat previously, you've got to avenge that. So I think if you, as a, as a group of players, I think if you can evidence dealing with that pressure and, and rising to big occasions and being at your best in tough conditions, moving forwards, that's massive because you're going to have big games. Like hopefully we'll be in the playoffs, which we should be. Um, there's going to be big games. The fact that we can now evidence that and say, look, we've had big games, we've won them and we've been at our best winning them. That's huge psychologically for the squad because they know that they can deal with that occasion collectively. Um, so, yeah, and, and, and obviously just trust in, in all the processes they've got going as well that they, they, they can handle those tests. Um, so, yeah, no, it's huge. You need, to, you need to succeed in big games if we're going to win, try and win the playoffs, if we're going to try and get to Wembley and win the game. You need to succeed in those big games beforehand to give you that that evidence and, and that 
that that evidence of being psychologically robust to go and perform on a big day. So it's massive yeah, absolutely. in terms of momentum. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And Billy, I, I remember saying to you on our pod before Sheffield United away, how the game was was a sort of a big sort of point to see where we were at as, uh, as a side and and sort of putting in a good performance there. We would have been the coming of age and obviously we went there and 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 one one we we managed to sort of deal with that big game big occasion sort of ma- massive sort of six pointer and now to have done it again against Watford it really shows that when it comes in when it comes to the playoffs we, we really shouldn't fear anyone I think that that that, that group of of players that that, that 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 group of lads now can really handle any occasion so when it comes to it if if it is a milled away first leg of the playoffs which would be an absolutely ginormous game massive atmosphere we know that. That, that the players in there can handle it, and hopefully we can get to Wembley and and same again. That 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 occasion would just be be, be massive, right? Be eighty five thousand at Wembley for a playoff final and massive occasion. But but just, all, all the trust is on them to deal with that. One hundred percent, and you know, going back to to Luton, Watford, and and sort of the differences in I don't want to say start of play but difference in in desire shown on the day difference in um how we set up and, and tactically getting things right it was again a perfect advertisement of, of this notion we continually talk about about our recruitment how meticulous and, and thoughtful we are in in recruitment decisions and you know doing recruitment this way will always be better and you'll always get your rewards compared to, to Watford that, that seemingly, you know, throw money at things and, and there seems to be not as much thought going into to their recruitment decisions and, and ultimately it's not always driven by, by the recruitment team. There's external factors at that club. I want to mention home form as well because we... we we're speaking about the playoffs now. We're speaking about the playoffs being a very, very strong possibility. And that that's, you know, if we don't even get into the, the automatic promotion conversation. But home form has, has been statistically worse than, than our away form this season. But Rob Edwards has seemingly corrected that. We've now picked up 2.11 points per game um, on average under Edwards. How big is that, Dylan? Considering you know there's this sort of stigma that we've struggled at home this season. How, when you crunch it down and you look at Edwards's record on home soil, does that you know repaint the picture? Well, yeah, I think it does, and I think as well it, it can be related back to the stuff that Rob's brought in in terms of just changing stuff slightly on certain things. I think probably early season that there's a lot at play, but I think early season we were just struggling a little bit to break down teams who, who dropped off and who came away from home to us and dropped off. Um, and I think under Rob, we've just found some solutions to that and, and we've just varied our play a little bit more, which has enabled us to get those results at home a bit more often. Um, but it's, it's so important, you know, I think it's the Kenny, you know, we want to be strong there and, and obviously we're really strong away from home at the minute, but we, you know, we need to be strong at home, um, especially if we're going to try and win that home leg in a playoff game, potentially. Um, it's, it's massively important, but as well, I think it can be related back to to the to the tweaks that we brought in um, that Rob Edwards has brought in with his staff around how we just the structure of our attack and, and how we're breaking teams down and just having a few different solutions. Um, because I, I definitely remember the early season, there were just games where we were struggling a little bit to break teams down and 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 find a way to to break through. Um, but definitely, Rob's brought in some stuff that's that's helped with that. So I think that is 
yeah, you know, it's turned around under Rob and, and a lot of other things have happened as well. We've signed some good players. We've, 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 um, the team have, have kind of gelled a bit better. We've got players like Doughty now really back and firing, which probably, which wasn't happening before, um, which has helped as well. But I think as well, the stuff that Rob Edwards has done is, is, has really, really benefited us in that, in that home form and, and, and kind of instigated that, I think. And a little fact here to, to end this Wat- Watford segment, um, Correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm, I'm known to, to get these things wrong sometimes. But it was our first home win in the league by more than one goal since October the 15th. Uh, 3-1 against QPR. Um, I hope that's right. I'll, I'll see you boys looking at me. I'm just looking now. I think so, yeah. It's quite, um, quite telling of, of, you know especially when you consider the performances and the fact that, you know, some of our performances have warranted a, a scoreline that's more than winning the game by one goal. Um, but but ultimately, we're winning games under Rod, Rob Edwards at home and that's, you know, three points at the end of the day is more important than any other aspect. Well, go yeah, on and now. I, and I, Phil, just quick, I think something else just to add on to Dylan's point as well is that obviously going, going forward we're a lot better on under Edwards and we're breaking down teams. But I think defensively we just we conceded less stupid goals. Like the amount of goals at home that we sort of we go one we'd go one down or two one down to just a, such a frustrating goal that you just think you don't need to concede those sort of goals and we, we, we've cut a lot of that out. And I think what, what was the stat we've only conceded two goals in open play since the cameras come in, sort of like thirteen games, which is that's. That, that's crazy to sort of only have let in two open play goals in 13 games. Like that's that's that is title winning stuff, honestly. In terms of just to be defensively sound as that, like that that's that sort of overseas titles. So so to do that, I mean, at home is 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 super important, and especially sort of going into playoffs as well. And shout out to, to Ethan Horvath, who's now right in the conversation for for Golden Glove. I think he's on the same number of clean sheets is Wes Fodringham. I, I want to say it's Wes Fodringham, uh, Sheffield United goalkeeper on 17. I'm not too sure if it's him, but I'm, I'm pretty sure they're both on 17, which is incredible, incredible at this stage um, that, that Horvath's in the running for a prestigious accolade. Um, Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, going on to Millwall. It's going to be a big, big battle. We know what Millwall were like. Um, I think... We've spoken before, Dylan, I don't know if you were on the pod where we, we previewed the previous game. Of course, Millwall are a very difficult side to break down. Um, you know, they've grown this reputation over the years of, of 
playing a little bit more direct, but going into the summer, they added a lot more um, quality on the ball, allowed them to play through the thirds a lot more. Is that what we can, can expect? Similar kind of thing to us where they can go direct and cause you problems that way, but but they've also got the players in um, Zian Fleming, Savile, who, who can play through the thirds and cause us, cause us problems going that way as well. Yeah, yeah, I think they... They're, they're a very good team. Um, I think last time when we played them, we were much better than them, um, but we obviously went 2-0 down. Um, but yeah, look, they've got some very good players in there. The, you know, the likes of Duncan Watmore and, and Fleming has, has been a standout. Um, but then as well, they retain that threat from set plays with Cooper as well. So, you know, they're a very well-rounded team and, and they're a kind of stereotypical Gary Rowett team who are just really well-organised. As a, as a foundation, they're really well-organised. They they, they, their out of possession is very, very good and that then gives them a platform to go and play. Um, and then, as you say, look, they've got some really good technical players, some really good game changers. They brought in guys like Oliver Burke and and so on. So, yeah, they're a good side and it will be a tough game, but it's one of those as well where, you know what, if we can go and beat Millwall or get something from the game that's just more evidence to in for the players psychologically, for the for the group psychologically, that we can go and, and, and deal with that occasion and, and go and get get a result against a very, very good team that who knows, we might be playing against um in a in a couple of months. So so yeah, no, but Millwall are a very good team. That that's why the where they are that's why they are where they are uh, in the league. They've got some very, very good players who we have to make sure we we deal with. And that's the interesting thing about Millwall as well. You can draw a lot of parallels to to what we do both as a football club and, and you mentioned it there, the way that, that both teams play. You mentioned the fact of Ollie Burke and Duncan Watmore, that they're players that have given Millwall more of an opportunity to, to play in behind and stretch the game in, in games where they, they deem that best fit to, to um, go forward and break teams down. But they've also got that, that physical element. They've also got Zian Fleming, who, as a playmaker, is very, very good. There's, you know, Gary Rowett as well, and Nathan Jones when he was at the club, they're, they're both done wrong by Stoke, but thriving in the championship. I know, of course, we're under Rob Edwards now, and, and that's probably less of a comparison, but both deemed by by wider championship fans as, as smaller clubs in this promotion battle. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely a few parallels that, that can be drawn between both clubs. Going on to, to Millwall as, as a attacking unit, um, we mentioned him already, Zian Fleming, very good, good player, scored a few goals this season, provided a few assists. I think there's been rumours about Premier League clubs keeping tabs on him. Um, also, we mentioned that uh, Oliver Burke and um, Duncan Watmore stretching the game, but they've also got Tom Bradshaw that's turned into a bit of a goal machine during the during the second half of the season. So another player there to, to keep an eye on. They've got good players like Jake Cooper from set pieces, Danny McNamara right back. They're, they're a team full of good individuals now, but but as a collective like us, they're, they're a strong unit, Jamie. Yeah, strong. And I think you said Fleming was probably one of the, the, the better players at our place a few weeks ago. Um, obviously, he benefited from a, 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 a howler from, from Horvath, but overall, he, he was good on the ball. And again, he's, he's one that, it was actually quite deceiving. He's he's a bigger guy than I, than I thought he was going to be in terms. Of, I think before the game, I had this impression that it was a bit of a tricky sort of like number number ten, and and he he is, but 
he's got a bit, he's got a bit more of a stature and a build to him than than I thought he, he would have done. Um, so he's dangerous in that 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 area as well. Obviously, we're known as sort of a, a physical team. So Millwall are one of the teams that that can counter that more effectively than other teams in this league. Um, so yeah, going forward, there not not only are they, are they good sort of technically, but but also physically that that they're a, a big match for us. Exactly that, and and looking at Millwall at the Den this season, they they've picked up one point eight four points per game, same as our away record actually, but that's of course still very very good reading. They've held Burnley, they've beaten Sheffield United, they've beaten Middlesbrough this season, so you know of course. Then is a very very difficult place to go, and and Dylan, just coming to you about the way they operate, the the way that you expect them to to come at us. Um, do you expect a similar game? Do you expect them to to sit off us and, and give us that kind of respect at the Den, or you know, we've just mentioned there how intimidating that the, the Den can be to go to. Do you think they'll try and reap the rewards of the atmosphere that will be created by by those Millwall fans? Um, difficult to say. Um, honestly, difficult to say. But I think, I think if anything, if there's a message that that would be going into those Millwall players, especially having what they obviously would have watched the Watford game, is keep the ball. I think if you keep the ball against us, you, and yeah, if you give it if you give it away, silly. Um, we have such big threats in transition. Like we'll run in behind quickly. We'll stretch the pitch. So I think for them, it is very much a. I keep the ball. Um, how that whether they'll step onto us, whether they'll sit off, I I couldn't say. Um, but I think with the ball, I think it is, and that and the players that they've got in their team as well will, will suit that. Um, make sure that you keep look after the ball, retain the ball. Probably not attack through central areas too much because the ball gets turned over in there, and then we'll go and 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 it's a lot easier to to counter attack from from those central areas if we turn it over there. Um, so they'll probably really go after the wide areas a little bit more. Um, for their own safety, for when they lose the ball. Um, but yeah, it's difficult to say in terms of whether they'll step on to us or not. I mean, there's, if they step on to us and, and try and disrupt our build-up play, that can make things awkward. If they sit off, that makes it awkward as well because there's less gaps to play into. So it's, it's always a trade-off. Um, there's no right answer. And I guess we'll see um, on Saturday. But I think the main thing, if, if you're a Millwall player, coach, is retain the ball and, and don't turn it over in a central area. Um, because if you do against us, we're, we're deadly and we'll get in behind quickly. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they how they go about it. But you know, if, if hopefully it can be like the last game. I know it was two two, but we were the better team. Um, but I, I don't think this group really fears anything. I think you go to the den and it's hostile. I don't think we'll we'll change. Um, I don't think we'll change anything that we'll do. So yeah, it'll be a good one to to watch. Dylan, I'm asking you as a friend, please don't sit down at 12.30 on Saturday to, to watch the game because, of course, it's the Friday kickoff. Friday, 12.30. I, I knew that. Um, yeah. <laughs> Turn of phrase, Saturday, 3 o'clock. Saturday, 3 o'clock. <laughs> and, and I'll come now for score predictions. Jamie, I'll start with you. Um, well, how do you see this one going and, and what's your score prediction? It's probably probably one of the toughest games to call this year in terms of in terms of like pure scores. Um, I don't know. You you have this feeling that you just had in that League One season where you just go into a game thinking that we can win this and we're going to win this game, and it's really hard to to bet against those lads now in terms of that they've shown to us time and time again how consistent they are. So 
I'm going to go with Luton win, and the only scoreline I can really put put my my name to is is the Luton special one 0 Really, I think that's that's the only real thing that I can I can say with it with a an ounce of confidence. So I'll go one 0 Luton. And Dylan, are you just as optimistic? Yeah, I'll go the same. Um, I think it's just one of those, isn't it? One nil. Um, yeah, we'll go one nil. I think we'll we'll get the three. And I'll add my weekly. Uh, pessimistic view. <laughs> I'll go. I say pessimistic, but it'll still be a valuable point. I'm going to go for for one all. Um, Millwall. I've got a lot of respect for, and yeah, uh, it's it's difficult to bet against us at this point. But but Millwall at the Den, it's um, as we've mentioned already, a very very difficult place to go. We'll go on now to Blackpool at home. Um, of course, on Monday, a different type of game altogether. Blackpool now. Uh, battling for their lives at the bottom of the league. Not bottom, bottom, but, but in those relegation places. Um, Mick McCarthy at the helm. It's a much different Blackpool to, to what we faced early in the season. Sort of a more progressive um, ball-playing team under under Michael Apperton trying to, you know, progress from that their first season back in the Championship. The, of course, this being their second what do you expect, Dylan, from Blackpool? Do you think it's going to be a relegation dogfight or do you think there's still going to be glimpses of them trying to play football and, and you know, building on, on a style of play aspect of things? Well, they'll come out scrapping, um, no doubt about it. I think they're a weird team because they went out and beat QPR 6-1, which was an absolutely crazy result. And But I think five of those or four of those were from set plays. Um which was quite funny, but I think you just—I I just don't know what we're going to get from them. I mean, they were very poor at the weekend against Preston. Um, they lost three-one, um, though that was their derby, and, and they were quite poor. So, don't really know what they're going to get. And they've, they've obviously Mick McCarthy's come in, and, and Mick McCarthy has his way of doing things, um, which has worked mostly for a long period of time. Not convinced that the group of players there at Blackpool are are suited to that. Um, you know, uh, it's a really, it's a really tricky one because Mick McCarthy is a good manager, and and they'll come out scrapping, and psychologically they'll be right, and they'll be in a good way. But it's a bit like Gareth Ainsworth at QPR as well. It's yeah, you know, Gareth Ainsworth will will garner a kind of feeling and a and a culture in the same way Mick McCarthy does, but other players actually suited to to what they want to do on the pitch. Um, so it'll be a tough game, like every game is in the Championship, and we have to make sure we defend set plays properly because. Otherwise, I can score five from them like they did the other week. But I don't know what to. I honestly don't really know what to make of this keep, of this um, Blackpool team at the minute. Um, but psychologically, they'll be they'll be fired up, and it'll be, it will be a, a, a robust game. Um, but at the end of the day, they're they're struggling, so we have to take advantage of that as well. And you mentioned it there, Dylan. You, you mentioned the the squad that McCarthy's got at his disposal. Not quite typical of the squad he's used to inherit there's a lot of quality a lot of ball playing quality there uh charlie patino of course very very good Luis fiorini as well keshi anderson coming back to, to full fitness on an individual basis and from a technical aspect they've got some some very good individuals josh bowler back um lad that was at men city uh morgan rogers morgan rogers yeah. yeah yeah so there are you know very good footballers in that squad um 
which is why I'd sort of pose that initial question. Is it going to be more direct? Are they going to try and play through the thirds more? It's quite difficult without sitting down and watching the, watching the last few games. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see because on an individual basis, I still think they've got, you know, a lot of quality, enough quality to not be in that, that kind of position. But, but ultimately they haven't been, they haven't been good. They haven't been consistent at all. And I think that's the perfect example of that is that um, they hadn't won a game. It was looking at their last seven results. They've lost five, drawn one. And their only victory was that 6-1 win against QPR, which, you know, does not scream consistency whatsoever. And just looking at their form in a little bit more detail, Jamie, three points from a possible 33 um, against the top seven. They haven't won away since late October. Um, 0.7 points per game away from home. And usually we speak about this as if, you know, oh, of course they're going to be our undoing on this this excellent run of form. But you have to add the the additional element that they're scrapping for their lives. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, I mean, just looking through their fixtures now, they're definitely stronger at home than they are away. They obviously beat QPR 6-1 at home. They, they got a point against Burnley at home. Obviously, like, you think... How the hell have they done, uh, have they done that at home to Burnley? Um, so obviously it benefits us that it's at the Kenny, and hopefully if we can get get atmosphere to to, to just a portion of what of what it was against Watford, then then that will certainly help. Um, but no, it's, it's a game that obviously <laughs> you hate saying it because when when we were in that position and you listen to opposition pods saying, oh yeah, this this has to be three points, we have got to be beating teams like Luton, and you, you don't want to say it because. It's the championship. Every side on the, on their day can can get three points, but fundamentally, if if we're going to get into the playoffs or if we're going to try and get that second spot, we, we, we need to get at least four, if not six points. We can. So Blackpool, you look at thinking we need to get three points at home to Blackpool if 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 we get or if we have any chance of of, of getting that that second spot. So. It's a game that we have to win, and and we will we, we'll be front-footed as always. Um, and yeah, I, I guess it's it's going to be an interesting game just just to see, to see how that just to see how that how, how that all plays out. Of course, cannot wait. And of course, after these two games, I think we'll get a, a clearer picture of of what can be achieved this season. I'll put you two on the spot. If we collect six points from these two games. Is the automatic promotion race firmly, firmly on? Can you see us, you know, continuing that that challenge with Sheffield United? Because at the moment they're, they're six points clear, they have game in hand. Do you see that that automatic promotion race as, as being as on as anything at the moment? Especially if we do pick up six points, it's tough. I mean, there's no getting away from it. I think it's tough. I think it's definitely Sheffield United in, in the driving seat and. I think we need to win at least six out of the seven if we stand a chance of getting second. But then, having said that, if we do get six points, like you said, Sheffield United are Burnley away on Monday. So you look at that game when you think, well, hopefully they drop points there. Hopefully all three. If they do, then six becomes three with with five to go. And then you think, hmm, you got Sheffield United's got their eyes on on Man City, sort of Wembley semi final, and. It's just the running, right? We, we all know what sort of results the the, the running can throw out. So, it's it's far from done. It's, it, it definitely is possible. 
Um, and like I say, I think we'll, we'll know more come Monday, 10 p.m. after Burnley play Sheffield United in that in that sort of late evening game on Sky. Um, and I hope we're sat here next week thinking, boys, it's it's only three points. What about yeah, you? I'd, 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 um, pressure does weird things and I think crazy things can happen. And I think good teams can lose games. Like, apart from the Burnley game, their fixtures look okay. But like we saw at the weekend, Huddersfield went and beat, um, who did they beat 4-2? Huddersfield beat someone 4-2. Oh, and it was Barra, sorry. Yeah. And, and, you know, I don't think anyone would have expected that. So, uh, you know, and, and Paul Heckingbottom's in the press saying, you know, I think Luton and Middlesbrough need to start feeling the pressure. And I, I think that's a difficult sell. I, I understand what he's trying to say, but I think it's a very difficult sell because at the end of the day, yes, you're in a stronger position, but but I think that the, the chasers are always more confident and more hungry and a little bit more, not not more hungry, a little bit more bullish than, than those being chased. Uh, and that always just provides a... It's a real nice psychological thing for us at the minute because it is very much we're chasing them. It's almost like we haven't got much to lose in terms of the automatic race because we're the underdogs, we're massive underdogs. But all it takes is again, you know, we get six points from the weekend and they drop three against Burnley potentially, and suddenly that that temperature gauge just ups in the Sheffield United changing room, and, and crazy things can happen. So at the minute, is it is it wide open? No, but. All it takes is, a, is is one result and a couple of results and then the pressure starts to turn up and people start getting a little bit nervous and then you can start to take advantage of things and then we'll start hearing Rob Edwards talk about it in the press and say, you know, Sheffield United should feel the pressure. He won't say that, but I think it's just a couple of results and then the temperature gauge can just tick up one. Um, it's not wide open now, but but who knows? You know, it, all it takes is, is one defeat and people get, people get a bit nervous. I wonder how much of a part the fact that we play before United in both games over Easter obviously we're playing we're playing at half 12 on, on Friday they're playing 3 o'clock Friday then we play 3 o'clock Monday they play 8pm Monday so they will know the outcome of our game going into their game so if we win at Millwall make it 3 points they've got okay we're going at home so and a bit like Blackpool at home for us on Monday but fighting for their lives right and if that gets to nil nil half time, you start to think, yeah, just like it's just that psychological battle. And then, could you imagine if then they they only get a point on Friday, right? Then six becomes four, and then we play before there again Monday, Blackport home, three points, four four becomes one, and it's just that spiraled effect of how game by game, just sort of the thoughts creep into your head. So, uh, yeah, like I said, I, I wonder how much of a part the fact that we play before them on both games during Easter we'll, we'll, we'll play into that whole that, that that mind game certainly be interesting to see and we'll finish off with some predictions and, and Dylan coming to you first for this one 2-0 uh, against Blackpool I think I love the positivity and Jamie I think that's our own double-double Dylan that I think it's 2-0 it's for me as well so I'll come with a positive. <laughs> I'll be a bit more pessimistic. I'll go for one nil. Oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Not too pessimistic. But I'll go for the famous one nil Luton that has served us so well this season. Well, that is all for today. A big thank you to the two of you for joining, and a big thank you to everybody else listening at home. 
of course, it's big two games coming up, and we'll be back on Thursday, next Thursday, to speak over two games and the upcoming fixture against, I want to say, Rotherham. Yeah. yeah. Of course, please check us out on socials. We are on Twitter at Oakwood Hatter. We are on Instagram at Oakwood Hatter Pod. And also check out our YouTube channel, which is by the same name, Oakwood Hatter. But until you, until then, see you next week. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.